Welcome to Asked and Answered, the podcast series that answers all your missions-related questions. With me in the studio are Ron and Karis Pierce. Welcome, guys. Hi, Hi, Joey. Hi. Okay, I have a great question today. I'm wondering if you can tell us what exciting things are happening in the country of Israel? Oh, my. Is that a good question? It's a good question. <laughs> um, I'm excited. We'll do it, we'll do it uh, briefly. <laughs> um, and, and people will start to say, well, you know, I want all the details. We could go on forever according to the various areas, okay. outreaches, everything like that. But let me just put up it very, very simply to everybody listening. God is moving in Israel today like we have not seen in the last 2,000 years. And the reason I say that is that there's been almost like a, a spiritual awakening amongst the people of the land probably caused by world conditions and all the pressures upon Israel. But also it's a general move of God around the world where the Spirit of God is being poured out upon all flesh. And one of those pockets of flesh, shall we say, is that little bit of land at the end of the Mediterranean, and it's Israel. And um, when when Jesus came and, and 2,000 years ago and preached the gospel, uh, there were people that were flocking to hear him. So they would travel to the Galilee. I, I remember standing there on the hillside looking at this one big area where they say the, the Beatitudes were given, Sermon on the Mount, and all of that. And it's a great little area for people to stand and listen. Well, they flocked there to listen to the, to the message, which captivated their hearts because they were empty inside. And Jesus presented it in such a way that the people just started to believe in him. That is what's going on in Israel today. They are empty. They are looking. Many times they're fearful because of the war and um, all the nations around them that are hostile. And therefore, they want to have somebody tell them who will deliver us. They're looking for a deliverer today like they did 2,000 years ago Mm -hmm. under the Romans. And that's why right now the people are crying out and God is revealing to them, both in their hearts and through their friends who are believers. They're looking into the Word of God and they're finding answers there that they've been looking for. And so all these things are coming to bear at the same time, Joy. Now, is this something that will last? If you believe in end-time prophecy as described in the Bible, yes. It will, it will grow and grow and grow and grow into the future. As things fall apart on earth, more will come to the Lord in Israel. So that's the first part. Second part, some people might say, well, it, it all comes and it goes and it comes and it goes. This one has come. It's growing. It probably started about eight or ten years ago, really in earnest. I know people say it was building after or before that. That's true. But this last one of eight to ten years... I would say this one is special, and this is when you've got a revival. As one brother shared with me there, he's a um, pastor in in the country, very knowledgeable, speaks all over the world, and he says this is a generational shift of interest in the gospel. Young people now are coming with their enthusiasm, with their um, curiosity, with their um, hope that they have found something they've been searching for, maybe in, in other avenues, drugs and relationships and, and all those sorts of things. They've been looking everywhere to try to find fulfillment in life. Now they found it in the gospel and they're witnessing 
like you wouldn't believe, especially in military circles when they go in for their home service. And in those sort of situations, they're pulling out their their Bibles. That's why we did all these camouflage Bibles for the military right. there. They're pulling out their Bibles and they're witnessing to their to their friends who are in the foxholes or in the mm-hmm. tanks or wherever they are. And they're talking to them about Yeshua, Jesus, the promised Messiah. Well, this is a beginning. And now you've got the Holocaust survivors who are starting to come to the Lord. And these are very older, yeah, older folks now. The opposite end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum, <laughs> but uh, they're older folks. And uh, they, are, they are coming now with their families, their children and their grandchildren. They're coming to believe. And then you've got all these other groups in Israel as well, such as the um, Arabic-speaking. And the Arabic-speaking congregations, especially up in the northern region, are really starting to see a move where people are looking at them, the changed in their lives, um, how they're walking with God. There's a purity, there's a, a fulfillment, there's a smile on their face, mm. a joy in their heart. Um, I can give you all the little characteristics, right. but they're noticing that these people that follow this, this, this man of God who came to earth 2,000 years ago, these people are changing in themselves. They're being transformed. People are starting to watch. And then during the COVID situation, people were really hungry at times, especially in this like in the physical air, hunger, physical or hunger, right. f- physical hunger, because their businesses weren't working well, the lockdowns and all these things. So I know some of the pastors that we work with there were taking funds to them and food and helping them out. And they were so appreciative of this. And these people are Arabic-speaking background. So they were going to them and they were, they were, they were loving on them. I guess mm-hmm. there's no other way to put right. it. And they were giving them all these uh, packages of food, etc. Well, these Arabic-speaking people who weren't believers before sure had their eyes opened mm-hmm. and their ears opened all at the same time. Why are you people doing this? Why are you different? And so that was another thing that came on. COVID helped in this revival, shall we say. Now, what are we getting? Well, now you're getting a situation where people are openly now asking questions that were forbidden before to ask. Remember, in Isaiah, um, this section that is talking about the promised Messiah, what he would look like, that Isaiah 53 package was forbidden to be read in the synagogues, and is today. And that's why right now what they need to do, people there, is realize this is an open topic. And everybody on, online, in videos, etc., etc., are all saying, who is this person that was prophesied who would come? And they're finally talking openly about Jesus, Yeshua. Remember, that was almost a swear word yeah. many years ago. And um, if you were called a Christian, you were almost, well, you, you were relegated to the poorest of poor and you were um, not really recognized. And they would even spit at you sometimes uh, for wow. being a Christian. Not now. They're not talking about Yeshua in the synagogues, are they? They're, it's more on the streets, no, in no, the groups? No, okay. you're talking about outside of synagogues, right. outside of religious circles. That's the, the name that is not spoken. Or if it is, it's in a disparaging sort of way. Right. No, these are people that are in back corners, in questioning with friends, in reading, just searching, hushed tones of, mm. it was he the one or is he the one? Right. And things like that. Remember that it's not just in 
those quiet areas of life that people are wondering. There are rabbis right now. There are religious people, high-ranking, who are searching for the word. I cannot go into detail on this, but some people have come and requested to, to have a Bible. All these ones, rabbis, saying, we want to read about him. We want to understand. So somewhere, even in the upper echelons mm. of, of Jewish religious life, there are people quietly starting to read. And this is new. There are also so many people resettling in Israel from all over the world, all different um, countries, and the ability to show these people love, because when they come in, a lot of them have nothing. And so for the believers to express and show Jesus' love to these people, it opens a door that um, many people didn't realize was available to share God's love with. Exactly. And if you do it in a nice way, considerate way. You can share your faith. That's not an issue. It's when you try to force people or coerce people um, to change their religion. That's not acceptable to them in Israel. It, it's, that's what's illegal, right? That's so, the line. Right. Yeah. It's it's the coercion or proselytizing yeah. or something like that. But, it, it, you know, for those of us who have experienced the Lord, we don't need to force or try to right. twist arms for Jesus. It's not necessary. All we do is live Express to them, you know, what's in our hearts, what has changed us, why we're loving people, like Tiris mm-hmm. just said. And all these people coming in are getting a very good impression of the love of Christians and want to know why, what we believe. And therefore, that's all we want mm-hmm. is, is to do that and to share with them what we believe. When you mentioned that uh, believers are being kind and loving to the Arabic communities, would that be unusual for the Arabic communities to experience that? Oh, yes. So they're more on the outskirts. Oh, well, yeah. They're, they're a couple of levels down on the social ladder, shall we say. Um, right. And you would get uh, various other groups in front of them. Uh, on top, of course, is the Jewish people. Right. And that Jewish culture, et cetera. And then if you get down a few through Russians, et cetera, then you come to the Arabic speaking. And the Arabic speaking folks are really in many areas. And you can see it when you drive down the road, how there's a, <laughs> on one side of the road will be a Jewish community. On the other side of the road will be an Arabic speaking community. Hmm. Uh, the standard of living between the two sides really? of the road is incredible. Okay. And and so the believers that I've spoken to there, they recognize that. And um, many of them, many, many of them are very happy that they live in Israel. They just, they would love to be treated a little bit better. Right. You know, and we understand that. Um, does this apply to our faith? Possibly, if you want to stretch it, but mostly this is a governmental system that is dictating that. Personal faith is at a different level. And when they find Jesus in their Arabic-speaking communities, and they lay hold of him. Sure, they would love to have more, but they found everything in Christ. And that's why they are willing and able to live under those circumstances, because they're understanding that there's another life after this, and that's the one that God is revealing to them. And Messianic believers, we have friends in one congregation um, up in the northern part of the country, and they've got um, Arabic-speaking people um, 
on the platform. They're worshiping with the oh. Messianic congregation from those from Jewish background. There's Russians there. There's Germans there. I can go down the <laughs> so list. So that would be unusual. There. Oh, and totally. it's starting to become more normal. Yeah. As they I call it. They call it one new man in Christ. Oh. All right. In other words. And you can take this New Testament teaching and you can just lay it out as a standard rule that when you when you become a believer in Jesus, all the various background nationalities, even beliefs sometimes evaporate when you come to know the Lord and we are one new person in Christ. And therefore that oneness, that laying down of all those hatreds, I'm going to use that word because that's what it is in society sometimes. It's hate of another group. And you lay those aside when you come to Jesus. And therefore, they can fellowship together. They can worship together. They can love one another. And it's it's perfect. And that's the utopian society that basically communism wanted. Right. Couldn't find. (laughs) Yeah. But they wanted it. Well, now you find that in the gospel and you find it in the body of Christ. So people must be taking notice of that. This is one of the reasons why there's so much change happening. Yes, but prejudice and hatred is a real strong factor still. We like to hate. We like to be prejudicial. And it makes us feel good. The old man just loves that. The new man in Christ, that's a total different thing. We are bondservants. We love, we give, we share. um, We treat people with respect. And that is a mark of being a Christian. So it's noticeable. But still many people are lost in sin and don't recognize it or practice it. And when you mentioned the um, the chapter, the forbidden chapter, and how young people are starting to more so come to the Lord, mm-hmm. I imagine that just being called the forbidden chapter would inspire some young people to want to know more, oh, in exactly. my experience, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. And Sounds then, like the opposite thing to do if you don't want people to read. Years ago, I, I remember talking to um, when this sort of um, when the when the internet started to put out explanation as to Isaiah 53 right. as to what the Messiah would look like, I remember the, the, the talking to this one pastor, and he said, "Oh yes, he says there's enough rebellion within young people to carry the day." Uh, in <laughs> exactly. other words, you tell me I can't do that, I'll do it, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. And and actually, that has really worked to our benefit mm. in this. So, okay, well, thank you guys for answering that question. <laughs> 